we're back. Episode 100 and something or other, 40 something. Adam's missing today, but we have the amazing Orion Bastion. Uh, did I say that right, Orion? Yeah, Bastion. you got it. I didn't, I didn't even practice yeah. your last name. First hit. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, mates. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. No, it's going to be fun. So, Orion, before I get you to do a bit of an intro, just for the audience, uh, I met Orion at a Agile last conference. Adam and I met Orion while doing that. And um, Orion's done an amazing presentation and, um, yeah, just a just a bloody good bloke. So, excited to have him on the podcast. So, Orion, why don't you um, tell us a bit about yourself and then we'll go into your presentation. <laughs> go what What is your role in, in the Agile realm and um and how long have you been in the industry for and um you got any hobbies or passions yeah good questions uh, i'm a delivery lead right now and i've been doing that for for a few years uh, i've also been a, a, i guess a pure scrum master and, and also a ba before that uh, i've been in the industry for about uh, six years now uh, and i've jumped all over the place and uh, in terms of passions and, and hobbies i love watching sports uh, i do that a lot all kinds of sports tennis AFL, NFL, NHL, you know, NBA. Yeah, right. But did you watch the Super Bowl then? In the background. I did. Yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Did you watch the game or did you just watch all the famous people like Swifty? Oh, no. I watched, on, I watched the game. <laughs> I couldn't believe how big that got in the news. Like, yeah, it's nuts. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And so, I'll go back to the delivery lead. So, for those that... Uh, don't know what that role is. Is that a new role and how different is that from the Scrum Master role? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, I don't think it's that new. I think I've seen it around for a while. I mean, I've been in delivery lead roles for, for a few years now. I definitely think it came later than some of the, uh, you know, pure Scrum Master uh, type roles. Generally, it, it's kind of a role where you will look after the agile side of things, but also maybe do one or two extra things. So, I happen to be a people leader as well. And then in terms of the methodologies that I use, I'm not restricted to Scrum or we don't have a, um, a, a policy that, you know, you must use X or Y methodology. It's kind of do what makes sense for the team, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit more flexible in terms of how you run process uh, and, and how I guess you put people over process. Uh, but also there are extra responsibilities that come with the role uh, as they try to, you know, get as much out of, out of you as they can. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, well, I'll ask a few more questions about this because it's interesting and then we'll get into your presentation. But um, so, okay, so more responsibility in terms of um, the actual work and the people, which is cool. What kind of frameworks then do you prefer to, like, would you use in your teams or do you kind of just throw all the frameworks out and, and like you said, do what makes sense or? Yeah. I think we're going to talk about this in a minute, but yeah. I'm definitely the kind of person that says, you know, the frameworks are great and uh, there are strengths and weaknesses to, you know, to each of them. There are certain times when one methodology might work perfectly, but for my team right now, it's very much, you know, think about uh, what the team's doing, understand the team well, and then pick things from different methodologies to put together something that uh, that's going to work really well for my team and it's going to empower them to do their best work. Yeah, awesome. No, I love that. I find um, yeah, some of the biggest challenges for some scrummies out there and probably me when I started was throwing the book at the team and making sure they apply all the rules of scrum or safe or whatever it may be and then they resent you for it. So, <laughs> so yeah, so um, I think that's a really great um, 
great way to work. Cool. Let's get into your presentation. So, we had the six, uh, was it the six ways or six steps to affect positive change in your teams? Did I get that right? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, six ways. Awesome. Uh, or six steps in, a, in, a, in kind of a circle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's, let's talk through it. Can you um will and we'll link this uh we'll link the video in the in the uh, podcast as well. Um, but can you take us through that? And I'll just kind of be a passenger seat driver, and um and pick pick on what I think would be interesting to talk to. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Awesome. Cool. So I think you know to start off, you said something just before Jordan that you know resonated really well, and it was about uh, how early on a lot of scrum masters kind of just throw the book at the team and they're like, here are the rules. We need to follow them. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I think this isn't something that is an industry problem where people get trained and they get trained in, hey, look, here's the Agile Manifesto and here are the principles. And then it's like, all right, now let's put that to the side. Here's the 10 steps on how to do Scrum. Uh, and, and then that's all they learn. And then they get sent back to their teams. Uh, and they, they go back and they're like, hey, do these 10 steps. And the, in the process, they end up losing their people and they don't get any better than what kind of where they started off. Mm. Uh, and so that was kind of the the driver for my talk is how can we actually affect positive change and get to a better place with our teams? I want, you know, for, for Agile to be something that gets teams to a better place, not a worse place. Mm. Um, and so I, I, you know, over my experiences in doing that at different organizations and with different teams, I found kind of a way that works for me. Uh, and so I'm, I'm kind of all about sharing that. So yeah, the six steps. Step one uh, that I that I kind of brought brought up is is to before you do anything, observe. So step one is observe, and and that's something that I think is important to do for a few weeks. Uh, and, and during that time, I'm looking for a whole bunch of things. Right, I'm trying to observe everything about the team, everything the team's doing. I'm looking for team morale the morale of the individuals I'm looking for who's going to, who might be resistant to change, who's going to be a kind of a change champion within the team. Does the make, team make time for fun and celebration or are they pretty kind of focused on the work? Who makes the decisions in the team right now? How do people communicate? How are tasks defined? What are the rituals that are being run and how does the team visualize their work? Is it, you know, Jiro Trello on a whiteboard or, or something else, right? Um, and, and obviously the, the key question is the team currently completing goals that they set out to. So that's step one. Any questions on that one or should I jump straight into step two? No, I love it. Um, one question on, um, finding the change champions versus the change, um, challenges or, or I don't know what you yeah. said there. Uh, when you find, if you find someone in the team who is not much of a change champion, quite the opposite. What do you? What goes through your head then, and, and how do you process that, and, and what's your plan? Yeah, it's it's you know a little bit tougher. You want you want people that are open to change, but at the same time, I understand that change can be scary. Uh, it can be something that uh, that people are, you know are pretty comfortable in the way they're working, and that they don't see a need for it. I don't think it's a a huge problem. It just means that the way you will need to approach educating them on the benefits of the change is a little bit different. So rather than just being like, hey, we should do this, it's about educating them on the benefits so they understand and then can get on board with the change. So maybe a little bit more work, maybe an extra one-on-one also, but it's it's not something that can't be overcome by any means. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. 
Cool. And I think we'll cover some of that in, in step uh, five, maybe, uh, on how to, how to bring that change to happen. But yeah, I guess that leads nicely into step two, which is to have, uh, uh, you know, you're doing that observation in step one of, of the entire team and, and all the things happening in the team. But step two, which should happen alongside step one, is to do one-on-ones with everyone in the team. So spend time, spend you know, an hour if you can with every person in the team and understand what they think the pain points are. Ask them what they would like to see change. Ask them what they think is going well. Build that rapport, build that relationship. When, when we talk about people that are resistant to change, the more you build up the relationship, the easier it is going to be for them to trust uh, that the change you're bringing is going to be positive for them. So spend time. It doesn't need to be anything super formal. I try to ask three questions. How do you feel about the team right now? What do you like about it? What would you like to see change? But I guess just listen and, and you know, ask questions that, that follow on from what they're saying and take a lot of notes. You'll need them later on. Just, yeah, build build that relationship early on with, with each person. I think also, that I guess, the other note with one-on-ones is people tend to feel safer in a one-on-one situation rather than a situation where they're in a group in terms of being vulnerable and, and talking about challenges they're experiencing. So it's a really powerful way to uh, get another perspective of the team. Mm, yeah, agree. Love it. Yeah, I, l- I love to take my um my team members down for a coffee, just chill, yeah. or walk, or got a mate that I've got a co- uh, colleague that vapes, so we go we walk around the building and, and I'll yeah nice. I'll reminisce on how I used to be a smoker and uh, <laughs> um yeah, just finding different ways to relate. Yeah, very nice. All right, I'll jump into step three. Step three is a pretty simple one: collate and condense feedback. So hopefully during steps one and two, observe and those one-on-ones, you've been taking plenty of notes. That's all going to kind of come together here. Put all those notes together. Try and look for some key themes. Uh, try and look for specific items that could be quick wins uh, as well as kind of build a list of what might be the longer-term improvements uh, and just get all those in, in your one clear uh, spot. Something I, I've done in the past and, you know, I'd recommend uh, for, for time poor delivery leads or scrum masters or agile professionals is, you know, this is a great opportunity to use something like ChatGPT to summarize and, uh, and, and pull out those key themes. I've used it, it works really well. So I recommend that. And then you kind of get a short list of, Hey, these are the things that, you know, that everyone's feeling and that everyone thinks could be done better. And, and obviously your own notes as well are in there. So it's things that you've noticed and, uh, and that you think could be improved as part of this, you want to then start thinking about what the solutions might be, right? From your experience, hopefully, uh, you want to think about how can we, for those quick wins, what can we do to make them a quick win? Those those long-term improvements, what does it look like for us to get from where we are today to there? Is it something that we can do in kind of a big bang and then work to iron out the kinks? Or is it something we need to kind of bring in one of those every month for the next four to six months, right? Just start thinking here you're going to use a lot of your own experience uh, i guess or maybe if, if you're struggling rely on other agile professionals the network is there for uh you know to, to help out and, and people are very willing to uh to, you know to lend an ear and, and any advice they might have so that's that's step three start kind of putting together a plan of attack if that makes sense yeah amazing amazing i've um i've loved using chat gbt for for notes as well i've actually found um like i've i've 
I've put my notes through ChatGPT and then I've come back again and gone, here's my next set of notes like a week later, put that through and then done it again and again and again. And then I've gone, okay, tell me the long-term theme that you're finding out of here and and have there yeah. been improvements based on the notes that you've you've been fed. And um, it's just amazing for that kind of stuff. That's awesome. That's very cool. Um, definitely something that uh, I should try as well. Give it a shot. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, once we got step three, I guess step four is, um, so just to recap now, we've, we've done the observation, we've done those one-on-ones, and we've uh, kind of collated and condensed that feedback and, and kind of put together a plan of attack from our perspective. Step four is to get the team lead on board. So obviously as a, a delivery or an agile professional, you are one of the leaders in the team, uh, but there are others, right? It's not a, it's not a single player game. There will be, you know, the, the dev leads or uh, the tech leads, depending on, you know, what, what company you work at and the structure uh, of the team. There'll be those change champions, maybe. Uh, there'll be, you know, your manager and, and uh, kind of people at their level. So step four is really about, once you've got that plan of attack, communicate it to the people that can help uh, uh, to influence the team, right? If you can get buy-in from your peers and maybe your leaders, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to then get buy-in from the team, right? If, if you have a, a dev lead that doesn't believe in the change that you're trying to bring to, to the team, how are you going to get the team on board? They're going to look at their dev lead who's rolling their eyes or, or you know, not on board. Uh, and they they're gonna kind of take that that vote uh, quite likely, right? So share with the team lead, get them across it, spend as much time as you need explaining to them the why. I think we we can all, all kind of get be familiar with with this both from personal experience and uh, you know if you if you've ever uh, had experience with young children, you know I, I have children. Uh, I, I know you do as well, Jordan. If you don't explain the why to them, a lot of the time it can just frustrate them. And, uh, and lead to them not actually following, you know, what, what you told them. Um, it's the same with us, right? If someone tells us to do something but doesn't explain why, you might be like, oh, this is a waste of time or why fix something that in my eyes is not broken. Uh, so really explaining the why and, and, and getting them to understand what benefits they might see from it, what, what's going to be the, the outcome. Um, so, yeah, getting the team leads across. So at this point, you still haven't shared things with the team. You've gotten that information, you've put together a plan of attack, and then step four is getting the team leads on board um, so that when you go to the team, you're going as kind of a united front all uh, heading in the same direction, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Straight into step five then. This, I think, I think is the meaty one. Um, this is around how to actually make that change happen. So you've done all the pre-work, you've gotten the leads on board, uh, you know how you're going to, you know, at attack this this problem or, or, or make this change happen. Uh, and so step five is work with the team in as many sessions as needed to determine or, I guess, you know, influence the changes that you're going to tackle uh, and, and how. This is super important. It's super important to do this as a team rather than as a dictation or, or just being like, this is what's happening. It's really important to do it as a team so that one, you kind of settle any ego worries. They don't feel like all control and power has been taken away from them. They feel like they're part of the change. Yep. It helps them to buy into the changes, right? If they've if they've agreed to it and they've been like, yeah, this is a good idea, they're much more likely to work to make them happen as opposed to if we said, 
that this is happening from tomorrow. It's a really great opportunity for you to explain the value of the changes that you're making. So you can explain to them, hey, we're going to do this. And coming from where we are today to this, you're going to see this change over time and it's going to be better for you for X or Y reason. So it really helps to to get them across the reasoning for the change, which again is, is kind of what I was talking about just, just a moment ago. Uh, and, and then the last point I have is that you can explain to them that it's something to try and to see how it goes. It's not something you're kind of setting in stone. And I think that's so important because when you're a kind of a fearful maybe of change, if, if you know that it's not something that is there forever, if it doesn't work, we can change it. It's a, you can be a lot more amenable to the idea of, of trying that out, right? It's a lot less scary because you kind of have that control to be like, hey, this is not working for me. Can we try something different or can we go back to, to where we were? And so that's definitely something I try to do. And, and you, can, you can make this step fun. You can uh, create a PowerPoint. You can you know, do whiteboarding sessions. You can uh, use Miro. Uh, you can you know, do it however you want add in images, GIFs, you know, maybe get some snacks happening, uh, make it a team day, whatever it is. But the key points are, you know, explain that value, get the team to buy in and, and, and kind of be part of the decision-making process yeah. and be clear that if it doesn't work out, we're going to see how it goes and, 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 you know, change it as we, as we need. Yeah. That's kind of step five. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I'm oh, the, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And, um, and that, that's what I, I definitely try to do with my teams. I, I, I love to use the word experiment. We're just going to experiment with this change and, and see how it goes. And, yeah. um, and, and that they're completely way more susceptible to it. Yeah. Way more as opposed to, um, yeah, definitely when yeah. I was starting out a few years ago, uh, it was really hard to get that buy-in if they thought it was a concrete change, really difficult. Whereas, Using the words experiment yep. or we're going to trial it or change back if we have to every time, every time it works. And it's it's just, yeah. Yeah. Gold, good nugget. Really good nugget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, you know, the the good thing is like when you do trial something, generally they'll see the value before the trial's over. And so then they'll be like, no, no, we don't want to go back because yeah. we like the new way. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, you know, worst case, if for some reason, you, you know, your thinking was wrong, you've got that opening to, to you know, rethink it and then reimagine it and try try something different. So, it's oh, a kind yeah. of a, a win-win, I guess. Absolutely. And I've, I've even had where we have reverted to something actually new. So, we've gone, we've done the trial and some team members have gone, this isn't working, we should try this. And I've gone, amazing. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, the team feel even more empowered because they're really part of the decision-making process now. And um, and we've Absolutely. implemented this change and it's been better. It's better than my idea, better than their idea because we've done something together. Yeah, I love that. That's that's awesome. Uh, and, and that's what you want, right? You want you want the team to, to be able to build themselves up and, yeah. and kind of give them that, that control to kind of take things in a direction that works for them because at the end of the day, Efficiency is is uh, creating a space where things work as smoothly as they can for the people doing the work, uh, and so yeah, I, I love that. That's a really cool story. Awesome. So tell me, what's number six? Number six uh, is <laughs> it's uh, I guess the summary of all all the steps and just of, of the way that we try to work in general. It's be agile um, with with a small a, right? When you when you make all these changes, uh, when you are, are thinking through the process. 
don't uh, don't be set on one path. Don't you know come in and be like Scrum's the solution and nothing can change from that. Um, it's you know be open to improving yourself, just like you're trying to improve the team, improve the thinking that you have. You know, keep doing those one-on-ones every now and then to get a sense of how things are going. Uh, if things aren't working, like we just said, change them back. You know, take on board team feedback. As as time passes, you know, things are not moving from, you know, this one spot where, where maybe you started to the spot you wanted to go and then that's it, things are perfect forever. Take the time to continuously improve uh, and, and constantly get better. Uh, so, yeah, step six is a pretty pretty simple one you know be agile be open to change and listen and if you're going to fail fail fast uh and and, you know try something try something another experiment i guess Mm. um rather than being headstrong or or, or whatever and and causing more trouble than than benefit i guess Uh, so yeah step six be agile small a though yeah yeah i love it i love it we recently did an episode of Be Agile instead of Do Agile and that's what it feels like to me that you're doing is being agile, not doing doing all the things involved. Yeah, so that's awesome. What do you think happens if- Yeah, um, exactly. That's the idea. Yeah, awesome. What about if you have leaders that are a little more pushy on change, right? So, like this process I think is the best process that you've, you've laid out. I, I love it and I'm going to make sure that I'm- if there's anything in this process I'm not doing, I do because I just think it's gold. It is a process of democracy a little bit as well, right? And sometimes democracy is a, is a process in itself. Um, have you ever encountered leaders that want this change to go, you know, you need to be more assertive and forceful and just get this thing done as opposed to you taking those steps and, and letting the process see itself through? Have you ever encountered anything like that or can you comment on that? Yeah, I, I think you'll find uh, leaders of all different types. I've had leaders that, uh, you know, the, the actually the opposite of that, and they are the ones scared of change more than the team maybe. Um, and so yeah. I think, you know, if you can kind of try and follow the first uh, two steps with them as well and kind of like a mini circle maybe, observe and, and have have that communication with them, if you can build up that relationship uh, and understand the things that motivate them or that will kind of get them on board, do that, do that. Have them understand, you know, coming back to then step five, have them understand the value uh, of the changes you're making and the value of the process. That is the value of the, of the, the steps, you know, doing it slow, uh, understanding before making change uh, and, and, you know, maybe the risks associated with doing something a little faster. Mm-hmm. That's a good uh, one. And, and, yeah, just talk, talk them through that. Because if they understand it, you know, hopefully any good manager uh, would be able to see the value in, in what you're doing. And, and yeah, if you talk them through the risks, no manager likes risk. If you talk them through the risk of doing it immediately, you, you, you're probably looking for a good outcome. And, and on the flip side, like I said, you know, I've had managers that are more fearful of change than maybe the, the team. Do things slower, you know, put some training wheels, kind of like, you know, go from from never having ridden a bike to riding a bike with training wheels. So maybe, you know, make some small changes, but keep some of the things that they're most scared about. And then a couple months down the road, when they see that nothing bad's happened, you'll be like, oh, remember that thing? How about we experiment with that now? And, and you know, improvement takes time. It, it doesn't need to be a, you know, a, a kind of a miracle solution that happens really quickly. If you continuously improve over time, 
you're you're only going in the right direction. So keep keep doing it, and and you'll find things improving always. Mate, that's absolutely awesome. Especially um especially that point about highlighting the risks uh, for managers that are wanting to get things along faster. I think that would totally change things. <laughs> I think that would they would they would stop and go. Yep, okay, I, I can understand that now. Um, no, yeah. so I, I, I love that. I love the six-step process um, and, and just the whole, yeah, the whole mindset around this change. Yeah, man, your team's lucky to have you, mate. Brilliant. <laughs> I try, I try. It's, uh, again, constant improvement. We're not, we're not perfect yet and we'll, uh, we'll keep working on it. Oh, it's just awesome. Well, I reckon we can leave it there. Um, with the audience, uh, is there anywhere, if, if they want to contact you, ask you any questions or can, can they do that? And and if so, how can they do that? Yeah, easiest way is on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's Orian, O-R-I-A-N, Bastian, B-A-F-T-I-A-N. There's only one of me. Uh, shouldn't be too hard to find and uh, happy to hear from anyone. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, we might leave it there. Thanks so much, Orion. We've got to have you back again, mate. I'm sure if something happens in the Agile world, we'll need to get Orion on to comment on it. How do you feel about that? Cheers. Yeah, uh, for sure. We're happy to, happy to come back and it's been great having a chat. Thanks for uh, having me, John. Appreciate uh, it. It's been, it's been awesome. Thanks, mate. See ya. Cheers. Don't leave, don't leave. No, I'm just joking. Man, that was awesome, bro. Thank you so much. Sorry about the internet issues. Uh, that's a first for me. No, that's all good. Yeah. But um it happens. It happens. I think we I think we did all right. We got there. <laughs>